Welcome to the MDS podcast, the podcast of the International Parkinson's and the Disorder Society. My name is Hugo Morales. In this episode, I have the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Jacopo Paschini, who is a neurologist and movie disorder specialist from the Department of Clinical and Experimental Medicine, Pisa University in Italy. Today, Dr. Baschini will talk about his most recent paper published in Movement Disorder Clinical Practice. The title of the paper is The Clinical Profile of Tremor in Parkinson's Disease. Welcome, Dr. Baschini. Hello, Dr. Morales, and thank you for your kind invitation. Yes, it's a pleasure to have you here. Now, in this paper, you and your colleagues evaluate tremor in Parkinson's disease and his behavior over time. And I'm looking back in the literature, it's something you mentioned in your paper as well. There's not many studies addressing in a very standardized manner tremor over many years. And I found that very interesting and particularly to understand what's happening and answer the question of what's happened with the tremor over time. But tell me how this study was designed. It was a study population that you gathered. Yeah, so you're absolutely right. The first catalyzer of our research idea was that uh, although we all assume that tremor is a very well-established symptom of Parkinson's, it's a cardinal symptom, and we assume that usually it's a benign symptom that decreases over time. This is the assumption that we all have. It's probably right, it's correct, and it's based on clinical practice, so it must be right. However, when we looked in the literature, there were many studies that confirmed this assumption. So being in the evidence-based era, we just wanted to verify these hypotheses and see if we could have any more insight. We know that tremor is still troublesome for many patients with PD. There was a recent survey where people mentioned that tremor was the most troublesome manifestation over the first 10 years of the disease. So we found that very interesting is that we usually see more troublesome PD symptoms like gait symptoms, pause. These are very troublesome manifestations, obviously, where dopaminergic medication is not very effective. But we did find that evidence quite interesting. So we wanted to look at the data. So we had a very interesting uh, option to go and look in the PPMI cohort, which was our starting cohort. This is a very large cohort that was recruited in specialized centers. There are almost 400 people with PD that were recruited all over the world. And they were followed up for more than 10 years now. We looked at the first seven years for our study because that was what, what was available when we conducted the study. So that was basically our starting point. And from the PPMI cohort, so I understand these patients were treatment-naive patients, you gave them treatment, and then you did similar examinations yearly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All these uh, participants uh, were drug-naive when they entered the study. They had to have a diagnosis for two years or less. So their PD diagnosis was not older than two years. So they were de novo PD patients and untreated. Then mm -hmm. they could start medication after the first six months that they entered the study. And then they just had their usual medication that they were managed as with the usual clinical practice guidelines. Then every year they had an off and on evaluation in clinic. So that was very helpful for our, our analysis because that let us explore 
both the off trajectory, which is something that is quite interesting because that's not usually available in the literature to see patients that you see the trajectory in the off uh, period. It's something that we don't see anymore, obviously, unless you do uh, a study like the PPMI. And then there was obviously also the on evaluation, which uh, gave us the, the ability to look at the, at the response of tremor to medication. I think that's a very good point in the design of this study, which allowed you to do this very detailed analysis to look for this association or the effects of time and medication effect and the way you model the, the analysis. But tell me, what is the tremor in Parkinson's disease in patients in the off state and the on state and how it behaves over time. Is there any difference between the rest tremor over time? Is the postural and kinetic tremor the same over time, although they behave differently, including with the treatment effect? So uh, there is only one figure that we put in this paper, and I think it's very useful to look at. So you can see that that Tremor in the off state, actually, all types of tremor increase over time. And this effect is statistically significant over time. If you see the on state, that follows a, a more linear effect. And it's usually, it looks more flat. So we might say that probably in the on state, tremor is quite stable over time, at least in the cohort. So at least as a cohort effect, we have to remember that there are more than 300 participants here, a bit decreasing over time, but still more than 100 at the last follow-up. So this is a cohort effect. So it's not the same for everybody. And I think we will talk about this a bit later of, of responsiveness and non-responsiveness, I think. However, the interesting point is that the rest tremor and to a lesser extent, kinetic and postural tremor do increase a bit over time in the off state. So if we do not treat it, uh, then it follows an increasing path, which was something that unless you had this data available, you, you really could not see. And, and probably the, the assumption that we were talking about earlier that tremor does not worsen over time, maybe actually it improves, is that we always observe patients in clinic in the on state. So we don't really know what happens when they're off. But actually, when people are off, they do tell you that they're slower, they have freezing of gait, but they also say the tremor comes back. And that's obviously that's something that we do observe in the clinic every day. Can I ask the types of the tremor? Was there any difference between patients in terms of the demographics of the cohort? There was actually a quite interesting result in this data. Rest tremor was actually increasing with age as a presentation, meaning that rest tremor was positively correlated with age. So older patients in this cohort tended to have worse rest tremor in the off state. But that's something that I cannot really comment more than that on. And I hope that I can provide more data in the future. And then you were hinting early to the medication responsiveness of the tremor. So I, I wonder how much consistent the tremor was responsive to the medication over time. Did you find anything specifically about how many other patients had actually maintained their response over time? Was it resistant in some way? I think there are two sides of this story, meaning that if you look at the cohort level, so the group of patients, you see that there is a significant improvement 
over time. There is a significant improvement at all times, at all observations. It, it doesn't go to zero like uh, as with any other manifestation, but there is a significant improvement at the cohort level and you can see that statistically. However, if, if you look at the individual responses, then you can see that if you look at every observation, we found that about 20% of participants at each follow-up, the rest tremor does not respond to dopaminergic medication. This percentage is about 30% for postural tremor and about 40% for kinetic tremor. So this is quite interesting because it tells us that at every time point over seven years, there is a significant percentage of patients that does not respond to the medication that we give them in this case in clinics. And then with this knowledge now that 20% of the patients with breast tremor may be resistant in some way to medication, was there any of the skills in your study addressing patient symptoms perspective, meaning that quality of life or how they rated the severity of the tremor? Because I found this may be something that may be impairing quality of life as well. Absolutely. We only had in this study an analysis on the UPDRS part two, the item on the reported severity of tremor. There was a small increase in that, a statistically significant, but a small effect that increased over time. So at least over the first seven years, there may be uh, a, a small increase in how bothersome tremor is over the first seven years. However, we did not have any other patient-related scale to assess this. And, and this is obviously an area for improvement and to study, I think. Thank you. Now, with all this rich data being part of the PPMI and with the study you just published, what is the next step to get more knowledge about what's happening with the Parkinson's tremor progression. Is there any plans to do correlations with other signs, symptoms, or is there any other ideas as to how this data can be used, exploited? Yes, I think that a research paper is a good one when it raises more questions than, than the ones that it answers. And I hope our paper was one of that. There are many open questions. So what happens to tremor after the first seven years, is it true that it really decreases even for tremulous people? And this was the first starting point. So we believe that this was the first step in establishing how is the tremor landscape in tremor. Then obviously we can build on that. And I think this was useful and this was needed also to catalyze some change and some clinical trials. For PD tremor, there have been some recent trials with, for example, sunesamide. It failed, but for drug-specific for tremor, there is now the non-lesional techniques. So I think that an evidence-based description was needed. I'm not saying our description is perfect. There is room for improvement and for other cohorts as well, maybe community cohorts. This is a very well-selected cohorts of PD patient from specialized centers, but it may not be the usual community cohort. So yeah, there is much more to build on, I think, for PD tremor. Now, thanks again, Dr. Baschini, for sharing your uh, insights and details of your paper, as this may help us to understand actually PD tremor progression over time. And I would like to invite our listeners 
to go and read the paper, The Clinical Profile of Tremor in Parkinson's Disease, Publishing Movement Disorder Clinical Practice. Thank you, Dr. Morales. And I would like to thank all my co-authors who helped me build on this nice piece of paper, I think. Indeed. Thank you. The views and opinions expressed by the participants in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the International Parkinson and Movement Disorder Society or their affiliated journals, Movement Disorders and Movement Disorders Clinical Practice. Any disclosures of the participants can be found within the episode description located on the MDS website.